0: Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, Leader of the Heart. I want to welcome you to the Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We are, uh, we're actually finishing a message series today called Heart Movie Night, and what we've done is we've invited some of you, and if you haven't been a part of the series or, or haven't listened to any of the messages, uh, it's no big deal. You can always catch up on, on the podcast or, uh, or on our YouTube channel, and what we've done is we've invited people to watch a Netflix original series called Messiah. And uh, So you can still watch that. It's still on Netflix. I think it's 10 uh, episodes long, and it follows the story. One of the main characters is uh, this CIA agent named uh, Eva, and she uh, she is tasked with tracking down this disturber of the peace, this Messiah-type character who has shown up in the Middle East. And this character, this Messiah, is starting to get people to follow him. He's starting to do a lot of teaching. He's, uh, some miracles are surrounding him. He's showing up in places where there's no reason he should be there. And she is trying to track him down and find out what does he want? What is he after? Is he a terrorist? Is he trying to disrupt something? What is going on? And in my opinion, it's a great representation of what maybe it would look like if Jesus showed up now today in our world and how we would react to someone who disrupts the way things are going so much. Because if you kind of let this, this bird's eye view of what Jesus did, or maybe this like, you know, we flip through the Bible, like, man, Jesus did some pretty cool things. But if you were Jewish around the time that Jesus came around, you probably thought Jesus is not doing a lot of cool things because Jesus would come in and question and challenge and change a lot of the things if we were Jewish, he was changing a lot of the things that we have believed and acted on and put into ritual and did on the Sabbath for high hundreds and thousands of years. So this, 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 this show, I, in my opinion, I know not everybody loves it, and I want to invite you to watch it. And if you don't love it, don't talk to me about it. No, I'm just kidding. I would love to hear your opinion. Um, it, uh, it does a great job of kind of giving some different perspectives. And along this series, that's what we've done is look at a couple of different perspectives that people had when they had these interactions with this Messiah character. It would change the way they acted moving forward. It would change the way they perceived themselves. It sometimes changed the way they perceived their faith. Sometimes people would change the way they even acted on their faith. They would would drive out to where he was, hoping to just get a glimpse of him, maybe to touch him. Now we talked about how, how interactions with him, sometimes God doesn't do what you expect him to do, and how are we supposed to manage our faith, how are we supposed to approach our faith when God doesn't do what we expect him to do? God doesn't say what we expect him to say when we, when we pray, and the answer to those prayers is not what is expected. So today, what I want to do as we wrap up this series and kind of bring all these ideas together, it's, it's a question that I get a lot from people when I recommend this show, Okay, because I, I, I've been, rec- this show came out, I, I want to say it was early 2020, before, before the shenanigans, in 2020, and I watched this show, and I absolutely loved it, so I was recommending it to everyone I could talk to, and about, it has to be a little bit more than half the time, people, when I, and, uh, excuse me one second, I got some feedback one time that I needed to say, excuse me, i want going to take a drink of water when I take a drink of water, so excuse me again. I would recommend this show, and anytime you have a great season of one show, what's your big question you ask? What's the question? When's the next season, right? When's the next season? I hope they come out with another one. People would tell me, hey, that show Messiah, they was, you know, it was kind of cool. I wonder if they're going to do a next season. When's the sequel coming? When's the sequel coming? And I think, at least for me, I see this kind of thinking show up so much in my life. What is next? I am almost pro level at fretting and worrying about what is going to come next. Almost a pro. I love to worry and think about what is coming next. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I'll look at my calendar, and then okay, oh, that looks good for tomorrow. And I'm not talking about like, you know, some people like lay out their clothes the night before. That is helpful. That is healthy. I'm talking about how I am worrying all day of what's going to happen tomorrow. Or, or, or tell me if you're like, if you're like me in this, where if I need to have a difficult conversation with somebody, let's say it might. It might be an argument. It might not. It's just going to be kind of one of those crucial conversations. In my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to say this, and then they're going to say that. And if they say that, mm, I got them, and I got them here, and I'm going to say this. Got you. But if they don't say that, and they come around it this way, I'll still guide them to over here, and then I'm kind of getting that gaslighting mode, and I'm not trying to do that, so I back that off a little bit, and I say, okay, if they say that, and this is all in my head. This is all in my head for the entire day before the conversation. Instead of just saying, I'm just going to approach this conversation in a healthy way and whatever comes out comes out, I don't know how to do that. That is what I need to work on. It's always spinning in my head. I used to know this girl, you know what she would do is she would schedule times in her calendar, this is true, she would schedule times in her calendar to worry about things. Okay? So she would say, okay, I got to do laundry from 4 to 5 p.m. And from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m., that's when I'm going to worry about this problem that I have to figure out by next week. And I thought that is, it might be a curse too, but it's a gift and a curse to be able to compartmentalize with that. But I would love to be able, in my mind, I would love to be able to schedule times to worry about my career, to worry about my son, to worry about my wife. I'm always thinking, like I'm always fretting about what is next. Or, or maybe you're not a fret, maybe you're not someone who frets, maybe you're not a worrier, not, every, not everybody is. Maybe you're someone who's like, yeah, this is, this is fine the way it is. Or I'll cross that bridge. Is anybody across that bridge when they come to it kind of person? Okay, we got a few people. Okay, all right. Good for you. Good for you. Aren't you just great? Aren't you just healthy? Right, so some of us are like, hey, yeah, I'll just cross that bridge when I come to it. No, no problem. How can you bring that to your faith? How can we bring this idea, this thought of, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it, to our faith? I want to look at a particular verse today that you could, you could argue that it is the sequel to the Gospels. If you don't know what the Gospels are, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four books in the Bible that are referred to as the Gospels. These are books, stories, accounts of Jesus on earth— He's teaching people, he's uh, he's a part of miracles, he's turning water into wine, all all of these things happen within those those books, those stories. And then at the end of all four of those stories, this is a spoiler alert, Jesus goes to the cross, he's resurrected, and he's back to life. And so let's say that we, we have been following Jesus for some time. We have been following Jesus for these, maybe maybe the, the three years he's been in ministry. The three years he's been teaching and preaching and changing lives. We've been following him for that long. Or maybe it's just been recently. And we find out that this person we're following, this person who's showing us the new way of acting in faith, the new way of connecting with God, we find out that he has been trapped, tricked, put on trial, murdered. We are lost. I bet you one of the questions we would ask, our, ask ourselves, in fact, a few of the disciples did ask themselves, one of the questions we would ask ourselves is, what now? What are we supposed to do next? What are we supposed to do if we don't have Jesus right here in front of us to talk to us, to guide us, to tell us what's next? What are we supposed to do? And so, the book of Acts, sometimes referred to as the Acts of the Apostles, that is, in a way, the sequel to the four Gospels, because it picks up right where the Gospels left off in what the apostles, what the people following Jesus would do. There's incredible stories, incredible stories throughout the book of, Go- uh, the book of Acts, Incredible stories on what, what people were able to see and talk about and accomplish. But there's this little piece I want to look at. It's at the very, very beginning, Acts chapter 1, and it's verses 6 through 8. And I'm reading out of the Message Bible, so when you look this up in your, uh, in your Bible at home or the one you have in your phone, it's going to look a little bit different, and that's Okay. So this is Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 in the Message Bible. Now, uh, at the beginning of Acts, Jesus shows up after he has been resurrected, after he's alive again. He shows up to the disciples, kind of encourage them a little bit. You can, you can, you can bet, you can guess how down and out you would feel if this man Jesus said, we're going to live forever in the kingdom of heaven, and then dies a couple years later. So Jesus shows up to his disciples, check this out, this is verses 6 through 8. When they were together for the last time, they asked, Master, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel, I'm sorry, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Is this the time? How many times when you have prayed for something or wanted to pray for something or you're wishing for something or hoping for something and you say, okay, God, can we do this now? I, I would like some patience, but I don't need it later. I need patience now. I need help with my finances and I don't need help with my finances later. I need help with my finances now. So they say, master, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? That's what Jesus has been talking about for all these years the kingdom being restored. So they say, are you going to bring the kingdom to Israel now? Watch this. He says, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. I think that's so interesting. You don't get to know the time. The timing is the Father's. The timing is God's business. The timing is not up to you. But what you will get is the Holy Spirit. And when that Holy Spirit gets here, when that Holy Spirit is here, you'll be able to be my witnesses. Sounds like this Holy Spirit, what that does is empower us, enable us, people like you and me, Not just the great heroes and heroines of the Bible. Not just the big names that we've all heard in Bible stories. You know, King David and Moses and other names. Not just those. People like you and I. And you know what happens later on in the book of Acts? There's this incredible thing that happens when the Holy Spirit comes down on this group of people. There's over, there's over 3,000 people. And the Bible describes it. The way the story goes is there are tongues of fire. I don't know what that would look like. I mean, I guess I can imagine. But there were tongues of fire above each person's head. And afterwards, people could talk in languages that they couldn't talk in before. Maybe that happened exactly like that. Maybe it's a metaphor. But watch this. Check this out. So I was doing some research on this tongues of fire thing, and it turns out a couple of times in the Old Testament, and you may remember, you may not, and if I'm wrong on this, uh, you know, you can come and talk to me, or, you know, you can do your research or whatever. But what I saw is God was often, show, often showed up as a pillar of fire when the Jews were walking through the desert. This is way back after Moses, maybe you've seen movies, you know, the 10 plagues, and then, you know, Moses said, let my people go. I don't know if he said that, but Charlton Heston definitely said that. And so the Jewish people got to go, and the Pharaoh was upset about it, and the Pharaoh chased them down, and then the water, you know, split the Red Sea. Do you guys remember? Uh, split the Red Sea, water swallowed them up, the Jews went on their way. Well, God would follow them. Where they went, God's spirit was with them. And you could see where God's spirit was because it would show up as a pillar of fire. So this metaphor, this thing of, of, of God being this pillar of fire, now we have this tongue of fire above each of the people there. Does that mean that the presence, the spirit of God, is now over them? Is that what Jesus is referring to when he says, when I go, you will have the Holy Spirit. So you won't know when the time has come to restore the kingdom. You won't know the next time I'm coming back. You won't know what God is going to do or when he's going to do it, but you will have the Holy Spirit. And with that Holy Spirit, you can be my witnesses. You can show people the love that I have showed you. You can show people the hope and kindness that I have showed you. Is that what's going on here? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down or take a photo of the screen or whatever. The best way To miss what God is doing now is to wait for what he's doing next. While we take the time to worry about what God is doing next, that's the absolute best way to miss what God could be doing now in our lives, in our marriage, at our jobs, with the people around us. If we're waiting to see what's next in our faith, then we miss the opportunity to see what's going on right now in our faith. If we're constantly looking forward. Now, I'm not saying we can't plan. Obviously, planning is good. Planning is healthy. But if all we're waiting for is what's next, then we miss what God is doing now and I'm looking around at a room of what God is doing now. I showed up this morning with a team of amazing people to set up up this church, and I was watching what God is doing now. God is constantly acting in the now. Is God working for a future? Absolutely. Does God have a future in mind? Absolutely. But maybe, maybe I can be like some of you who say I'll cross that bridge when I come to it and I want to know I want to know what is God doing now Where can I be now How can I bring hope to now How can I bring peace to now And this isn't uh this isn't a pastor's version of uh, of the Bible There's not an extrovert's version of the Bible there's not an introvert's version of the Bible There's not a Republican version of the Bible. There's not a Democrat version of the Bible. Controversial, topical. There's not a man's version of the Bible. There's not a woman's version of the Bible. Despite what some of the marketing tells you and the colors of the books, we're looking at the same words, the same challenge, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus gave us. Jesus used to be one person you had to go and talk to. Now we don't need that because we have God in us. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down too. When we wait for what's next in God's plan, we can forget that we are God's plan. We are God's plan. The people around you in your life, we have these bracelets. I don't know if we have them here in the Connect Center. We've had these bracelets for almost five years that say, and I'm pointing, I don't have it, obviously. Um, We have these bracelets that say one touch. And it's to remind us of this idea that people around us are one touch from the kingdom of heaven. Does that mean you're a priest? Well, not in the religious sense, Does that mean that you are the holiest person that person knows? No. What that means is we have access to the Father, not because we are holy and righteous and perfect and pure, but because Jesus said the Holy Spirit now lives within us. And because of that, we have the power to be in the now with God's presence. We are empowered to be in the now with God's presence and the people around us. We are God's plan. The message that Jesus brought would have been impossible if everybody said, it's somebody else's job to spread that. It's somebody else's job to love people unconditionally. It's somebody else's job to accept people for, for, no matter who they are or where they're from or what mess they have going on. It's somebody else's job to do that. If that were the case, you and I wouldn't be here right now. We might be at the river, which might be nice today. It's a hot outside, but hoping, hoping for that cold front of 99 degrees here this week, that would be sweet. We are God's plan. Jesus himself is quoted as saying that people will know that we are followers of him, by the love that we show to each other. That's how he said, people will know if you're a follower of me. They'll know you're a follower of me by the love that you share for each other. Last thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is this. God used to be somewhere you needed to go. That pillar of fire. Jesus used to be somewhere you needed to go. He was a person. He was a man. He was walking around. You had to go find Jesus. The Bible is full of stories of people traveling distances to go find Jesus, to talk to him, to ask him to heal someone in their life, to touch uh, the clothing that he had. People would go find. You had to find Jesus. But the sequel, we're all waiting for the sequel. The sequel to Jesus is that God is now in us. What a sequel. We are the sequel. That means we get to be a part of what God is doing now. Are we a part of what God is doing in the future? Absolutely. Most definitely. But maybe, maybe, me myself, maybe I'm just talking to myself right now, maybe I can take a page out of the book of people who say, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Something big going on. Something big's coming up in the future. I'll worry about that when I need to. Right now, I'm focused on what is in front of me. This might uh, this might seem silly, but I'm a big fan of movies. I like to watch movies a lot. Movies, TV shows, mostly movies. But and every now and then in a movie, they'll have a dinner scene, or where somebody is getting ready for dinner. And tell me if you've seen a movie like this. And they'll be playing some kind of like old school music or like some old jazz. Can you like picture seeing a movie like that? Or remember? Or just make it up in your mind right now? And they're playing some jazz. And I thought, man, that'd be really, I really like, I really like jazz. And I never look it up. I never put it on my Spotify. And, you know, I always think like, that's just something that you do when you get older. And... You know, I don't mean to brag, but I'm a little bit older than I used to be, aren't we all? And so this week, I was like, I'm going to put on some jazz while I'm getting ready for dinner. And so I did. And I thought, I thought, it's it's silly and it's a small, it's a small example. But instead of waiting for that future, when I become someone who, sometime, not all the time, I'm not a jazz guy. I'm not going to, you know, I, did, I do play the trumpet now, but it's not a big deal. Uh, I picked it up this week. So I'm not like a jazz guy now, but now instead of waiting for that future Dominic who was going to listen to jazz sometimes, I thought, well, maybe I can just do that right now. And so I did. Put on Miles Davis Radio. I don't know much about jazz, but I do know Miles Davis. Okay, yeah. It's the second amen that's coming out of Matt in six years. So I put on some Miles Davis Radio. I was like, well, I guess I'm listening to jazz now. It's just one of those things where like, okay, now I'm deciding to do it. That's what I want to challenge you with today. When it comes to your prayer, maybe you don't pray a lot, but I want to challenge you to pray for something this week, or if you're going to pray this week. A lot of times we pray for what God can help us with and what God can do in our lives. And I want to challenge you today that when you pray, whether it's today or this week or the next time you pray, is instead of just praying for what is next, what's next in your life. I want you to include in your prayer for God to be a part of the now in your life. Where can God show up now, not tomorrow? God wants to hear our requests. God wants to hear our heart. So I want to challenge you to pray this week for something now. I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's uh, it's a deeper faith. Maybe you're you're working on something in your life, you're struggling with something and you need some help, you need some patience, you need some peace, you need some some hope there. Maybe there's a, a, a tough relationship that's kind of on the rocks and you need some restoration, you need some redemption there. Maybe it's you need to open your eyes to something that you haven't seen yet. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you that when you pray this week to pray for the now. If you could close your eyes real quick and bow your heads. I want to pray with us. Now, before we pray, if you think you're the person who can take that challenge to pray for the now and not just for the what's next, with every head down, all your eyes closed, if you want to take that challenge with me this week to pray for the now and not just what's next, put your hand up real quick and I'm going to count it for you. Okay, go ahead and put your hands down. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the time we have today. I pray that we would be bold enough to to step into the now, that we would realize that what we have is now. That we would put our future, our past in your hands. That we would be ready for what's next, but present in the now. Thank you for making us your sequel, for making us your plan. I pray that we would see opportunities around us to know what's next, but to be in the now. So we thank you, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.